Scotty and Goss on this Thursday morning, and we always get a little bit green around the gills. A bit of jealousy, I think, uh, when we talk to our golf experts, and one of them, of course, is Luke Elby. Great Aussie. The who, voice of golf. He resides in Canada, but he gets across to the PGA Tour. He gets across to all the golf tours and keeps an eye on what's going on. He's a broadcaster, and he's called Five Genesis Invitationals. And I can tell you that that's that Riviera this week. Tonight, our time, 11.20, and the great news is, as we welcome Luke Elby, Tiger Woods is back. <laughs> yeah, hello, gentlemen. It's an exciting time, isn't it? Obviously, um, Tiger's foundation runs this tournament now. Uh, it was the scene of his debut on the PGA Tour as a uh, thin rake, 16-year-old <laughs> out of high school. Um, what are we, 32 years removed from that? Obviously, he's two years removed from the car crash that almost killed him at this very venue or, you know, just around the corner from uh, that, you know, it's been a different Tiger ever since. But he's back. He's playing. He's got a new clothing uh, lineup, and he's also got a new brand. So it's going to be interesting to see how Tiger fares. Yeah, first uh, tournament since 10 in 10 months, and he goes with TaylorMade rather than Nike. Now, just in regards to his schedule, I, I read with interest, Luke, that he's simply going to plan to play once a month. He's going to get all the big ones, but he's going to play once a month to allow him basically two weeks to recover because he's still nowhere near top fitness. Yeah, well, he's never been the same, has he, ever since uh, that car accident uh, that decimated his right leg. Uh, he's done some heroic things to actually get back to playing competitively at some way or stage, uh, even to make cuts as a remarkable achievement given that mm. everyone he's playing against is you know, completely able-bodied and at the prime of their careers where Tiger's obviously at the twilight and um, and not nearly the same person that was dominating the game for two plus decades there around uh, 95 through to 20, let's say right up to 2019. No, he's paying $91 but I promise you right now there'll still be people that put a little tenor on him there's no doubt about it because he's, <laughs> he's, he's capable of the unbelievable and the uh, and the remarkable, that's for sure. But the, the big story in this one, Luke, is Adam Scott who um, who's won it a couple of times before. He, he's had to write a letter. He's had to write a letter because he, he missed, he, he finished I think 75 in the FedEx standings which the top 50 yeah. get an automatic invite. He's had to write a letter to get an invite to this event. He he values it so much in the lead-up to the Masters. Yeah, Scotty's got a phenomenal record at Riviera. In fact, it's incredible how many people who have won at the Masters have won at Riviera, such is the magnitude of this golf course. Uh, I had the pleasure of playing it last year, and it really is an architectural gem. Probably top two or three golf courses they play each year on the tour, and that includes the major venues. It's that good. But, look, um, the new PGA Tour world with these elevated events, which they brought out to the fore this year to compete with Live, uh, it's 70 players only. Um, only Tigers event, this one, and uh, Jack uh, Nicholas's event at the Memorial have a cut attached to them, but everything else is no cut, 70 players, play all four days, and uh, obviously it's a huge prize purse. Now, Tigers begged, like Jack did, for there still to be a cut. So the top 50 in ties make the weekend here. But if you are within 10 strokes of the lead, you also make the cut. So we could have a situation where everyone makes the cut mm. still, even though it's a cut event. But they're trying their best to compete against the, the rivalry that Liv's created. But Adam's only one of three Australians in the field, Jason Day, Cam Davis, but no Min Woo Lee for that very reason. He too was not inside that top 70 because he wasn't on the PJ Tour last year. So, you know, our sort of rising star of the game is not even there 
um, this week, which is a real shame. It is. It just sounds like Tiger's making the rules because he hopes to be 10 shots from the lead because <laughs> he probably just wants to be around on the weekend. Well, if you remember the putt he made last year on 18 in the second round with his great friend JT watching, Justin Thomas, uh, it was electric. And, you know, Tiger's competitiveness still gets him to make cuts. The only problem is he cannot walk for four, for 72 holes. He can't walk the golf course for four straight days. His body's just not up to it. That's why by the time the weekend comes around, he spent, I think he shot 76, 78 on the weekend and was no longer a factor. But to make the cuts, a remarkable effort. Yeah, he did, and he walked off the Masters. Hey, just in in regards to last week, the Phoenix, in Phoenix, of course, we we, we it's the fallout's been pretty massive. I mean, this was Zach Johnson during the tournament. No, don't, don't serve me. Somebody said it. I'm, I'm just sick of it. Just shut up. That's just a snapshot of, of some of the... Um, repartee that he was having with the crowd. <laughs> they made a mess of themselves, didn't they? Yeah, and well, they turned off the drink for a while. A bloke was arrested for doing uh, angels in the bunker on 16. Uh, we <laughs> like movie. the entertainment value when everyone's trying to one-up each other, but did it get out of control last week? Oh, no question. Even the tournament director who uh, is in charge of the Thunderbirds, which is the tournament organising group out of Phoenix there, they're a huge... Uh, non-for-profit organisation that creates the event. Um, you know, it got nicknamed the Wasted Management Phoenix Open a couple of years back when you see people stumbling around drunk. It's basically one giant frat party, to be honest. Uh, and unfortunately, it got way out of hand last week because the frost delays uh, forced long days out there. So uh, the weather sort of made, you know, from sun up to sundown every day, it was just go time. And, you know, these Americans on their beer-flavoured water, um, you know, get, get full, of, full of ink and, and carry on like ass clowns. And um, we saw a fair few of those guys. And, and, and for the tournament director to come out and say, yep, uh, that's just completely unacceptable. We've got to find a way to get past this in the future um, to fix it. Because, look, the event itself is just enormous. It's so exciting to see. But when it's spoiled because of behaviour of fans, when, when fans become the story... Uh, for bad behaviour, that's not a great event. It's a shame because uh, up until then, it was a great event. It was one that you'd look forward to on the calendar, but uh, it only takes a couple, Tim, to just go too far to ruin it for the rest of us. But anyway, (laughs) we're going back to this real... uh, We're going back to... And there's been a lot of talk over over the last week, I guess, about the field at the the Waste Management compared to the field at the Live. This one here at Riviera, the Genesis Invitational, seems to be back to the best golfers uh, in there that we're going to get to see. On the PGA Tour, Mm. absolutely. You know, I'll go through your top sort of five to ten players. Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, Max Homer, uh, Colin Morikawa, Ludwig Obert, Tony Finau, Tommy Fleetwood. You know, they're terrific names, right? That's a field, yeah. It's a great field. The top, you know, is brilliant. But you then go and put the 15 best names of Liv up against it, and you think, oh, hmm. it's actually a genuine conversation now, which has the stronger field at the top end. Sure, the bottom half of Liv, not nearly as strong as the bottom half of this PGA Tour field. Uh, but that's the shame now that we've got in this game with this divide that's still going on, is, yes, this is a $20 million event for the best of the best on the PGA Tour, but there is the little asterisk attached to it that the other 15 guys that could marry up against the guys I just read out, 
would make it a crackerjack field. And uh, it's just in this awkward phase until this Saudi PIF, uh, the public investment fund, does the deal with the PGA Tour. Uh, they say they're supposed to get it done before the, you know, the Masters happens in April. We just don't know if and when golf will come back together again shortly, but it's, it's certainly... Uh, the poor of four having split fields over the course of this time. Yeah, we get a taste for it, don't we? We, we think they're about to come together and then yeah. something just goes awry. Luke Elvey, we're talking golf, golf broadcaster ahead of the Genesis Invitational at Riviera tonight, Tiger Woods' first tournament in 10 months. Iconic piece of commentary right here, and we want you to explain what's taking place uh, this weekend, if you can, Luke. That's the voice of the legendary Vern Lundquist, isn't it special? That was Tiger's chip in uh, back in 2005, I believe, when he beat Chris DeMarco ultimately in a playoff uh, to win his fourth green jacket. Uh, that was um, that was incredible scenes there on the 16th hole. Of course, I've been commentating on holes 15, 16 for the last eight years myself, and uh, no call in golf is more iconic than that one. Yes, people remember, yes, sir, when Jack... Hold the winning, well, hold the eagle putt on uh, 15 and then the putt on 17 when he went to win his uh, sixth and final green jacket in 86. But I think this one stands alone. And obviously, I, you know, working at CBS over the last 10 years, I've had the privilege and pleasure of spending many a night with Uncle Vern, as we like to call him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember asking him about that iconic call. I said, What's it like to be remembered, not just for one of the two most iconic calls of the Masters, but I think in the history of the sport? And, you know, he said, that yes, sir, came to him because he heard it in his ears beforehand, but he was actually told on the eve of that tournament, he says yes, sir, an awful lot, so would you mind giving it a break? And he said, for 71 holes, I didn't say anything, and then I said, yes, sir, and I'm remembered for it everywhere I go. He said, where tigers call that in-your-life moment. He said that was just the perfect timing in his career where the call matched the quality of the moment. Mm. And that's very rare for a broadcaster to have that. And uh, to hear Vern talk about that and the pride of which he felt, you know, it all just came together at the perfect time. You remember that Nike swoosh ball just trickling, mm-hmm. trickling into the cup at that last moment. It was such an incredible moment for the tournament, for the sport, and obviously for Vern Lundquist. And to hear that it, they've just announced, CBS has just announced that this year's Masters will be Vern's 40th and final Masters as a broadcaster. Oh. So uh, I'd like to spend it send a little cheerio to a, a dear friend and a colleague and a, just a legend of uh, broadcasting in sports. Yeah, he lets things breathe, which is the art of great commentary, isn't it? He lets things breathe. He lets Nat sound, the crowd noise and just the emotion take over. He's been the, the master at it. And as you said, 40 Masters is quite remarkable. Who wins this tournament starting tonight, our time, 11.20? Um, I'm thinking, gentlemen, even though he doesn't have a terrific record here, that it's finally Rory McIlroy's time. I've just got a sense, given his major backflip on Liv at the start of this year, the fact that he's letting go of all the nonsense that went on for two years uh, surrounding the game, the bitter divide. He's just got his focus back on playing golf, and he's done a phenomenal job. Obviously, had that win over in the desert, lost in a playoff to Tommy Fleetwood as well. Uh, he's back on U.S. soil. This event is a forerunner to the Masters. John Rahm won it last year, won the Masters. We've seen people like Bubba Watson win it, win the Masters. Phil Mickelson's won it, won the Masters. Adam Scott's won it, won the Masters. There's so many players 
that have had success here, Ben Hogan, right back to the glory days, that have won this event and gone on to win the Masters. So I'm thinking that Rory McIlroy is going to do such and go on and win the Masters in April. Is it multi? That that time has finally come for Rory to end that Grand Slam talk, to finally get that green jacket because he's focused on what actually matters in his life rather than trying to fight the battles he can't win. Yeah, well said. Uh, Luke Elvey, Golf yeah. Broadcaster, Genesis Invitational at the uh, delightful Riviera. It starts tonight, our time, 11.20. Tiger Woods' return. Adam Scott's got there. Can't wait for it. Hey, always uh, good to chat with you, mate, and we appreciate your time on SCNWA Breakfast. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Gossie. Love it, fellas. Take care.